This is Actual Facts. I am your host, Michael Ali. Let's get right down to it. What's been the big news recently? You know, we're going to start off with the Mueller report, which was a little bit different than what um, Attorney General Barr made it seem when he released his four-page summary. Now we get all the details. We see all the criminality, all of the um, obstruction that the president was engaged in, uh, tried to be engaged in, and allowed, and the only thing that saved him was some of the people around him refused to do the things that he was asking them to do, McGahn in particular. Um, It's so obvious that this man needs to be impeached if Republicans, excuse me, if a Democrat had done these exact same things and the roles were reversed, how quickly would Republicans move to impeach? It'd be immediate. But Democrats are sitting around dilly-dallying, not making a move, afraid to do anything, afraid to upset the Trump people because we know that with the current Senate, the chances of them, you know, of the Senate convicting him are slim to none, you know, and the Democrats are always trying to play it safe and not rock the boat because they have this pipe dream that they're going to win back the voters that voted for Trump that suffer from quote unquote economic anxiety, which is actually just racist views based on all the polling data and surveys that, that have been done since the election. And they're just timid. Um, it reminds me of a quote that uh, Bill, Bill Clinton said early in the Bush years that Americans, I'm paraphrasing, that Americans would rather follow a or get behind a president that is strong and wrong than one that is right and weak. And the Democrats consistently portray and put off and give off weakness all the time. That's all they do. They never take strong positions. And a lot of the time it's out of fear, right? It's not, it's not, um, there's no logic behind it. It's just being afraid. And this blue wave that took place, you know, in, in the last election, not presidential, but the uh, congressional elections, a lot of that is the people put you in there to be a check and a balance on this White House. And if you don't impeach, you're no different than Barr. You're an, you're an enabler and you shouldn't get a pass. It's really insane that this is what has been going on. I mean, have you ever seen a more blatant, disrespectful president? Not in our lifetime. There hasn't been one who's engaged in this kind of thing. I mean, you have his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Let's let's talk about the, the turn that's gone on for him, right? He was America's mayor 
after September 11th, rightfully or wrongfully, you know, people were really, really feeling him. And that's what, seven, I mean, um, 18 years ago. And now you flip today and he's a clown, right? He's just a 100% clown show. He goes on TV saying the craziest things. And just last week, he's saying, hey, it's no big deal if you take things from Russians. It's okay. It's not against the law. No collusion. No obstruction. You know, putting out those lies. Total clown show. He's totally taking his reputation, throwing it right in the toilet. Now, it was already in the toilet amongst a lot of us. Don't get me wrong. But he had an amount of respect that he has really squandered at this point. Um, And the Trump administration refusing to turn over their taxes, provide witnesses. Just, you know, when, when Congress issues a subpoena, the executive branch is supposed to respect that. You're supposed to respect that. But Trump has just been, nope. I refuse. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go to the courts. You know, that's his playbook for everything. If you look at his history, he loves to just take things and get them tied up in the courts and and run the clock out. Now, I don't think that's going to work this time around, but that's that's his go to move is tie it up in the courts. And hopefully he's going to try to get sympathetic judges since, you know, he's been packing the courts. And if it goes to the Supreme Court, well, we know he's got that 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 vote count in his favor. Um, But the Democrats are just being weak, man. They've got to step up and, and, and do the right thing, do their constitutional duty. Okay. This man, it just needs to be done. And they're worried about getting the, 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 the Trump voters and, you know, they think it's going to fire up the Trump base, that 30, 40% 40% of the country that, that is, is pro-Trump no matter what. Well, guess what? Those guys are coming out. Those guys and white women, they are coming out in 2020 anyway. And they're not coming for Democrats. doesn't matter what you say. So don't worry about them and do the right thing. Be bold. Just like Democrats were bold when they went with the black guy, Barack Obama, as the candidate, right? That worked out. Go bold. Stop being weak. You know, they got to step it up. They just need to, man. It's it's really, it's sad. It really is. And if they don't do it, they're going to confirm for all these people who came out for AOC and Rashida Tlaib, Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, all that excitement. You're going to confirm the feeling that a lot of Younger voters in particular have that, you know what, the Democrats just aren't about anything. You know, if they don't, if they don't go out here and impeach. Uh, or at least, you know, try to do something. Be strong against this president. If they don't do that, you're just going to confirm those fears or those those preconceived notions. And you'll pay the price at the polls in 2020. That's what's going to happen. Democrats will pay the price again for being weak. Okay. And, you know, we're going to move on from that. Um, You know, we just had, it's related to Trump again, you know, under Trump, the white nationalism here in America seems to really be having a resurgence. And we've seen it again down here in San Diego, the shooting that has resulted in 
one death as of right now, and and three, I want to say there's three wounded, three others wounded, and you know it's a terrible thing. Um, you know we need more than thoughts and prayers. We actually need gun legislation, but that that's a whole separate issue that that needs to be addressed. Um, but we really got to talk about this white nationalism, this white domestic terror problem that we have in the United States. Now, as a black person, we know that this has been an issue in America for a long time, long, long time, but it's, it's coming back and we've seen it not just this weekend, but we can go back to the just a, a week ago or just a few uh, few weeks ago with the burning of the churches in Louisiana. We can look at Charleston, uh, the church, you know, um, and just all around the country that the numbers are up for hate crimes and anti-Semitic things. Even right here in, in the Bay Area, there have been uh, attacks on mosques. I'm mean, excuse me. Uh, well, I'm sure there've been some on some mosques, but synagogues and Jewish learning centers have been defaced and graffiti and vandalism. You know, it's it's really it's a scary thing to see this kind of stuff popping up. Um. So regularly, um, almost not a week goes by without somebody somewhere committing some heinous act and it just it really just seems like since 2016 it's gotten out of hand you know we we just had um you know they're letting the the coast guard uh white supremacists who they they caught with all those an entire arsenal i mean good god what was he up to and they're gonna release him you know what what is that about no that that man is, is is a dangerous man um, and we've got to confront it. It's not, th- these guys aren't just, oh, lone wolves. There's a lot of, of young white males who, for whatever reason, you know, have bought into this stuff and they feel empowered with this president. They feel empowered to go out here and act on these notions. And we, we've got to, as a, as a country... We got to step up. The white people who know who they are, you know, if your son, your cousin, your uncle is into that stuff, you you need to report them before they do something terrible. You know, um, not long ago at, at my child's school, there was a young white child who's out on the playground doing the, the Hail Hitler thing. Right. And he's in second or third grade. Right now, where did he get that from? He didn't come up with it on his own, you know. So somebody needs to check his parents. You know, who's he hanging around? Who's he? Who's around him? Because those people need to be watched. Okay, because that's exactly the kind of thing that leads to problems. And um, America just hasn't really faced it. Uh, you have a few people in the media calling it what it is, but most people are just, oh, it's another lone wolf. And man, we don't know what what drove him to do that. Well, you know, if you look at this White House and 
the policies they push and the language they use, the things they do. It's clear what has emboldened these people and it's going to take good, well-meaning white Americans to stop their uncles, their brothers, their sons from committing these acts. Okay, that, that's just the hard truth. And I don't know if Americans are really ready for that, to, to talk about that, uh, white Americans in particular. And until they do, this kind of thing is just going to continue. Right? It's just going to continue. And, you know, we can't just sweep it under the rug indefinitely. We've got to do something. We have got to do something. Um, moving on, let's, let's move on because, you know, Trump is just, he's such an energy vampire, (laughs) you know, it's Trump all day, every day. He's always doing something and we're going to just move on from Trump. I'm not going to be, uh, talking about Trump every day. You know, I got, you know, I have a life (laughs) and I have things I enjoyed other topics. Let's just move on. Let's talk about game of thrones. Okay, now we just had as of this right now, we just had uh, season eight, episode three. Okay, and I'm not giving away any spoilers, but I'm new to Game of Thrones. All right. I just binged watched it starting in, I don't know, March. And I got all the way, you know, March and April. I got all through the first seven seasons in about six weeks. I was flying through it, you know, Uh, when it first came out, maybe after the second season, my wife and I gave it a go. Right. We tried to watch it and it uh, at the end of the very first episode, you know, uh, Jamie Lannister is engaged in uh, adult relations with his sister. And that just really turned, (laughs) it turned me and my wife, or my wife and I, it turned us off. And we just, you know, we couldn't get past that. I had initially been turned off by the show because I didn't see any people of color in in the previews and any of the media about it. I had only seen, um, you know, uh, nothing but Caucasian actors. And it looked like it was about knights and magic. And I'm not really into that. In general, right? But boy, was I wrong. At work, a friend of mine really told me I need to watch it, give it another chance. So, you know, I did. We got past, my wife and I sat down, we got past episode one, and you get a couple episodes in, and man, you are hooked. Most people. And, you know, I just made a mistake not giving it a chance. And even though, there are not many people of color in the show. The show is nothing but outstanding. Um, it's it's just a great story, and there's there's action, but there's the the subplots, and there's so many different characters, and nobody is safe. I love a show that doesn't care who the main characters or the important characters are, everybody's life could be at risk. 
right? I like that. You know, most most TV shows always have like the stars and you, you know, even if they do a cliffhanger, you know, you know, uh, Mark Harmon isn't going to die on NCIS, right? You just know it. So it's, it, there's no real suspense there. But with Game of Thrones, man, nobody is safe. Nobody. Um, and it's just it's one of those shows that I just, you know, year after year, the hype, the hype, the hype. And I'm, I'm missing the memes and the jokes. I don't get them. Cause I don't watch the show, and that was that's on me, and I just missed that completely, right? Um, another show that I, I initially just gl- glossed over is um, *Handmaid's Tale*. *Handmaid's Tale*, the *Handmaid's Tale*. I, I always get that one confused, and I'm a few episodes into that, and wow, another one. I messed up. I need to be paying attention to what the people are talking about, and I need to sometimes jump on the train before I make a decision. Um, and it looked to me like it was some kind of show geared towards women. And this is just me, like uh, when I first saw, like the posters, you know, the ads you see, you know, scrolling on Twitter or something like that. And I just misread what what the show was actually about, and I wasn't aware of the book. Um which I'm told is great. Uh, but wow, that, that show is another one. It is well-written. Uh, the acting is terrific. The plot is almost unbelievable, but still, you can see it happening. Um, especially with the way that things have gone in the last few years. Like, Things don't make sense anymore. You know, so you could tell me just about anything and I'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, that could have happened. I believe it. Because we literally, you know, the world's been upside down. The Matrix is is out of control. Uh, I constantly joke with my friends, you know, we need to reboot this thing. And I'm not I'm not the only one that feels that way. Um, what other shows are there out there that I, I need to be watching? You know, I don't know. Uh, there's so much original content to watch. And, you know, my Netflix queue is is out of control. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to the things on Netflix. Uh, one show that you, you, if you haven't watched it, that I would recommend is Luther starring Idris Elba. Uh, and that's each season is like what four episodes, I believe, something like that. But they just had the the most recent season a few a few months ago. Another outstanding show, BBC show, but still outstanding. And if you watch it from the beginning, it's just it's very very riveting um, to watch. And uh, hopefully, you know, there was talk that they would do a movie, and I I'd, I'd pay for the movie, but I would love another another season, you know. Great, great show. So let me know if 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 you if there are any shows out there that you really recommend that I need to take a look at. Um, another big thing that was out is Beyonce's Homecoming, and Beyonce is another one. I'm late to the party. I apologize. I remember Young Destiny's Child. You know, I was never really. That's not my kind of music. You know, um, I'm a little older than 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 she is. And, you know, I was never really into Beyonce or her husband, really. And now I see this woman 
especially since she's become a mother. And maybe that's the difference. But she's out here making political statements without making statements, right? Like she does it with her art. I don't know if she's made any like straight up comments or speeches or given any in-depth interviews where she's really talking about politics, but she's doing it through her art. And I really appreciate that because I, I, I think a lot of um, powerful or influential black people like to keep quiet so as to not rock the boat and upset Caucasian viewers, fans, uh, potential fans, uh, and interrupt their money, their cash flow. You know, a lot of people don't want to step up in that mold of uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Jim Brown, um, Bill Russell, etc., etc. A lot of people don't want to do that, right? Um, and I know, I'm sure it's hard, right? But I really appreciate this young woman just putting it out there. Uh, and even though I don't, I, I can't name five Beyonce songs, right? I am a fan at this point. When Beyonce came out at that Super Bowl, and I don't know if, if, if other people caught all that imagery, but we did. As black people, we see exactly what she was saying. And I am impressed. And I wish, you know, her husband, uh, Jay-Z, who, it, it, in tandem with her, they've been doing things, right? In recent years, they've been uh, putting up legal defense money for people. They were bailing people out. And I appreciate all that. And I really wish that Jay-Z would use his gift, his oratorical gift, to empower and enlighten his fans. Most of his music has not been what you would call positive or uplifting music, I would say. I think that's a fair assessment. If you go back to early hip-hop, a lot of it, before it became corporate, a lot of it was educating and empowering and trying to uplift young men and women. And once it became corporate, you see it, and you can really see it with the female rappers that get play. There's no more Queen Latifah and, uh, uh, you know, uh, MC Light. There's no more of that. It's all super sexualized Nicki Minaj, Cardi B. Uh, it's it's really, I mean, even, even before that, you can go Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown, you know. Once it became really corporate and the money was big, they really, the, 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 the intelligence, a lot of it anyway, was pushed to the side and what the labels decided to push is what I would call trash. But I, I wouldn't say that like Jay-Z is trash. These guys who can be successful rappers, they are gifted in the same way that Malcolm X or um, Martin Luther King were great speakers. These guys are gifted and they could use that gift 
to change lives in a positive manner. They could encourage and uplift, which is what I would like to see uh, Jay-Z doing. Uh, He does at this point in his life, he shouldn't ever be rapping about drugs because that's not something he's been a part of anytime recently. Okay, so we can just stop talking about that altogether. Put some some (laughs) to use uh, to harken back to Jesse Jackson, put some hope in their brains, not dope in their veins. Right. And, you know, he's he's super gifted uh, and I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the talent. I just wish that he would use it to the best of his abilities for good. Right. Um, And, you know, sometimes he's 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 on that right track, but most of his music hasn't been. That's not what he's been praised for. But, you know, he's a young man still and. There's no stopping him. He he and his wife, they're at a position now, you know, where they can do whatever they want to do. They have such fan bases and such. They're so established that nobody can really stop them. And I do look forward to their progression as a power couple of that hip hop generation or of the hip hop generation. Really, Um, they will be a they're a formidable couple. And, you know, I wish them much success. You know, just keep doing what they're doing. Moving on. Um, you know, I want to do a thing. I hope I, I don't have enough material to actually do this every week. But I want to do a little thing called This Week in Whiteness. <laughs> okay. And it's just going to be a story that I come across. Unfortunately, I come across them far too often. Where it's just some white people stuff, right? So this this past week, I came across a story, and maybe you saw it as well, about the the campus of the HBCU Howard University, the Howard University, and apparently the neighborhood has been gentrifying and. The new white residents, a lot of them have been coming onto the campus, walking their dogs and using the campus almost as a park. And there's a video clip I'll include in the show notes of one of these individuals. And his his comment was, uh, I'm paraphrasing, you know, if, if they don't like. Um. If they don't like what's going on, maybe they should move the campus, which is like, what is that? Which is is that what we're doing? And that is the kind of white entitlement that some people talk about. The social justice warriors, which is one of my favorite terms that it just it doesn't even. How do you even fix your mouth to say something like that? That campus has been there for over 150 years. You're brand new to the neighborhood and it's just disrespectful, right? It's just disrespectful. Perhaps Howard should close the campus or maybe they should call the police on them. That's what would happen if a bunch of black people started taking their, their dogs onto Harvard's campus. I'm sure there'd be some some calls to the police, right? But 
I just, it really just tickled me that 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 was what was coming out of his mouth, right? Um, and I know it seems like in this first episode here, I've picked on white people a little bit, but it's all fun and games. Um, this week in whiteness is anyway. The the seriousness of, of of white nationalism and domestic terror those are real, but this week in whiteness that's just that's just you know uh, fun and games because a lot of it is absurd, right? It is absurd. In conclusion, I want you to have a great day or evening, whenever you're listening to this, and be kind to one another out there. Peace. <laughs>